So this week, I'm taking a look at what we could expect for the U.S. economy in 2023. And weirdly, I'm starting with what may not happen this year. And that's the recession, which we heard about nonstop all of last year. The R word has been making headlines lately. So is the economy really headed for a recession? The Fed is raising rates. Obviously, there is a possibility that we would have a recession. Financial institutions warn of a global recession in 2023. We don't know if it's a recession. What we can say is that if it is one, it's not like anything we've ever seen. Even the head of the Federal Reserve says a recession is certainly a possibility. Like going to church and being not so gently reminded that a day of reckoning is coming, it seemed like throughout all of 2022, we had a variety of talking heads, business reporters, and economists warning that a recession was likely on its way. And in fairness to them, there was good reason. Inflation was pretty wild, peaking at 9.1% last June. In trying to get a handle on all the crazy prices we were paying, the Federal Reserve had to raise interest rates seven times last year. As a result, some major sectors of the economy, like housing, didn't just cool off. Some experts said it froze. And with the Fed saying more interest rate hikes are coming in 2023, the recession talk was justified. But early in this new year, the chances of a recession are lower. That's according to Felix Rioja. He's an economics professor at Tulane University. I recently visited Tulane's campus in New Orleans to get Rioja's take on what may come down the economic pipeline in 2023. How is the economy looking for this year? Is there a way to even tell, even to predict? Yeah, so the statistics we've been getting is are positive. Uh, I think that's being reflected in the market in the financial markets doing better um, since January 1st. Uh, the positive news have been on inflation, which we got a report today, uh, inflation being lower. Uh, I think it came out at 6.5%. That's compared to a year ago. But more importantly, it's, it's decelerated. So that means that it's grown slower in the past three months. Uh, and that's a positive development. Also, regarding the, the recession that um, was projected or expected, the pro probabilities of that have also decreased. Really? So, why why is that? I mean, for for somebody like yeah. me, obviously, I'm, I'm, I don't study uh, economics, and I admittedly know very little about the economy. But we've been hearing for so long about the quote unquote looming recession. But why are the chances of a recession decreasing? So the expectation of a recession was given the rapid increase in interest rates by the Fed. Right? The problem a year ago was very high inflation at about 8% yearly. And uh, it's a job market that was super tight with a lot of jobs, which also increases wage uh, wages. Uh, that feeds into inflation. Uh, the Fed decided to get serious about reducing inflation uh, by raising interest rates. And many people felt that pain, for sure, especially on, on, in the housing market. Exactly. It affects the housing market directly because it affects mortgage rates and that affects the whole sector. So as the Fed did that, um, the studying, people that study these episodes in the past saw that almost every episode that we have from the past with similar conditions resulted in a recession. So the Fed increases interest rates, the economy slows down, but it slows down so much that uh, unemployment starts going up and the recession ensues. That happened in the early 80s when Paul Volcker, former Fed chair, brought inflation down. So that was, that was the expected uh, outcome. Um, the ideal outcome was the so-called soft landing, right? The soft landing is where we slow inflation down, decrease it to reasonable rates around 
let's say 3%, 2% would be the, the very ideal for the Fed, but I think 3% they'll still be pretty happy with, and not having uh, unemployment increase too much. There will be some trade-off with unemployment, which is right now at 3.5%. It may go increase a little bit, but not so much that it, it would lead to a recession. So where are we in the process of the soft landing? Are we like on the approach to the soft landing, in your view? That would be one way to think about it. But the probabilities that the markets are assigning to the soft landing is more of about um, about 65% now. So 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 a recession, the probability of recession has declined to less than you know to about 30%, and that's where we are because of these reasons. Another reason is that household real household income, that means adjusted for inflation, has increased. Uh, that means that since inflation has slowed down, people have more purchasing power, which is what really matters in in. Uh, the amounts of goods and services you can buy. That's been a positive. Another positive has been uh, that wage increases have slowed down a little bit. Wage increases also lead to inflation, to more inflation, uh, even though from our point of view, it, it would seem like a good thing. I was gonna but, say, can you put a finer point on that? Because yeah. I, I guess from the consumer side or the employee side or a worker side, labor side, you want wages to increase, but can you put a finer point on why that might have negatively affect the economy in, in regards to inflation. Yeah, the labor market was super tight. That means that there were many jobs. There were like two openings per, per available worker. To hire good workers, people that are suited for your company, then you have to pay them higher wages to attract them to come. Uh, that feeds into also higher prices. Uh, so there's a cycle between higher prices for goods and wage increases. That's that's a self self feeding cycle. And I guess we could kind of see it in the New Orleans market in a way because many people would go out to a restaurant if you're trying to attract more servers, waiters, kitchen staff. You're likely going to increase your pay yeah. to attract good workers to retain good workers. But as a result, you probably will have to increase the prices on your menu to compensate for paying for those good workers. Is that too simplistic? No, that's exactly correct. Plus, you're seeing the prices of your all your inputs that go into restaurant uh, going going up, right? Uh, the uh, the 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 foods that you that you buy to make to make uh, you know to produce meals and so on, and the the wages are part of your costs. They're part of the inputs that go into making that. So, so more broadly, you're seeing that kind of being applied nationwide. I mean, the, that's that's being kind of more stabilized in, in the wages department. That's right. So so if wages start not growing as fast. That's a good sign that that won't feed into more inflation. So we're seeing that as well. Um, so there were a couple of factors. That was the, the increase in people's real income and the amount of goods or services they can buy has gone up. Wages not grown as fast. And also the amount of uh, jobs job openings per person have fallen a little bit. Uh, it used to be two, and now it's like at 1.6 or so. That, that means that the, the labor market is not quite as tight. Um, so, so all of those things combined with the positive inflation reports are, are, are good signals. And it might be a little bit far removed from us since we're in the Gulf South, but we've seen some tech companies lay off a good amount of people. I, I believe that you know, Netflix and then you saw Meta and other tech companies have pretty sizable layoffs and, and firings. Uh, and I think to the common person that would say they must know something we don't. They're seeing signs in the economy that they should kind of tighten their belt and then make a, a tighter ship when it comes to, to their labor force. Should we be reading into anything about that when you're seeing 
very sizable and very influential companies in the tech sector downsizing. Well, a lot of this downsizing or projected downsizing was determined in the last quarter of 2022. Uh, and, and now we're getting these positive news. So they haven't adjusted for that. They may keep them. They may keep uh, with the planned cuts and, and reduce costs. But what was in their forecast was a recession. Uh, and you keep, kept getting these, uh, in, in whatever your news feed is, you kept getting these things about the worst recession ever approaching. Or, I got a lot of those. Or, or so-and-so predicts a really bad recession coming up. Well, uh, there, there's, there are always going to be those kind of predictions. That's how you get your name on the news. But whether they pan out or not is, is a different story. The probabilities of that have declined. It could still happen, but the probabilities of that have declined with the most recent analysis. For the average person that is still seeing eggs being fairly uh, pricey at, at uh, supermarkets and some other goods, they might think that, well, the economy doesn't seem like it's improving. And I don't want to get into the politics of it, but some people are just on the path of, wow, the economy is not as good as it used to be because my 401k hasn't recovered. Uh, particularly for me, I saw, I looked at my 401k and over the last year, I'm like, wow. And also, you know, gas prices have stabilized, but they're still, you know, near $3, maybe 250 at the cheapest. And they're thinking, what's going on with the economy? Like, is this economy good, even though the chances of recession are lowered now? What would you say to those people when they're looking at sort of the everyday dynamics of the economy and thinking, this is not so good for me? Yeah, part of that is perception. And of course, um, the markets uh, like the S&P 500 lost about 20% over 2022. That's reflected in all our 401ks that are in the stock market. So we lost money. I, ha I, haven't, I haven't checked my balance because I don't want to get too depressed. But <laughs> that, that's... Uh, I'll be you know, depressed for you. <laughs> for, for those of us that have more years, that's something that sometimes will happen. Uh, and and uh, we're counting on, on more years of, of appreciation than, than the yearly losses that we could do not much about anyway, unless we manage our portfolio very tightly. So some of it is perception. Um, gas prices have not gone down. The biggest contributor of for the latest infl inflation report, the biggest negative contributor was oil and then ga gasoline prices. So they've decreased. I uh, remember we were seeing four dollars plus. Yes. Now it's three dollars. So 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 we're uh, so from that point point those things have been better. There are perceptions by people um, that are genuine. You know we react to the things that affect us very directly that we're we're looking at. But the the trends that we're seeing, looking at the whole data as economists, are a little more positive now than they would have been three months ago. But do we have to kind of operate in a? And I don't know if this is an actual theory or even an actual thing but like a relative reality i mean we're talking about improvements because of where we were and we're talking about inflation at 6.5 uh coming down from i believe maybe around eight, eight or even yeah, higher yeah. Uh, i mean that's yes that's that's an improvement but that's relatively still high at, at 6.5 is it not yeah of course we'd like it to be around three or two percent that's where the fed would like it to be as well so we're still a ways away from being ideally in, in that range of you know two percent in inflation, but for the real world, I mean six point five inflation that's still reflected in a lot of things. I mean we're paying considerably more, even though inflation's at six point five. 
we're still paying higher prices for many things that are kind of everyday stuff for us. Yeah, absolutely. So we're paying 6.5% more than we did for the same you know, basket of goods we bought a year ago today, right? And maybe our wages did not go up 6.5%. So we've lost some purchasing power in, in over the year. That's the problem with inflation. Uh, you lose purchasing power over time. So we have. But I guess the comparison is to what this year could have been. So, so, so the potential was for much for things to get much worse. Maybe now we're seeing a way, um, or the the initial signs that things will not will will get to this near soft landing. Let's say something where we can go back, we can recover everything, but you know a stable kind of steady state type of economy may get here. You know, six nine months from now. At this point in the conversation, I ask a pretty stupid question. Even though as kids we were told there are no stupid questions. For the sake of brevity, I'll boil down my long question, which basically was asking Rioja if he was surprised that a recession hasn't happened yet since the pandemic. Well, we did have the recession uh, during the pandemic. The, uh, 2020, we had, we had the recession. You know, unemployment went up to whatever, 16% or something like that. So super high, but, but it was very short-lived. So we had decreasing growth in GDP uh, for at least two consecutive quarters, maybe three. So 2020 was a recession year. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Maybe I was too focused on the fact that people were dying. We were trying to figure out how do we get a handle on this. And then the economy was sort of secondary because it's like, let's just yeah. figure out what's happening with this pandemic first. And But it's interesting that, that you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there, there was there was an immediate reaction. Uh, it was a big fiscal stimulus, a lot of spending for people that lost their jobs and so on. The Fed decreased interest rates to basically zero, right? Zero point two five percent federal funds rate. So, so the, the 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 reaction, the policy reaction was very swift uh, in terms to try to get us out of that, which could have been a big recession. So they they were, they succeeded in that, but then they created the next problem, which was um, inflation. Uh, there was a lot of spending, meaning there was expansionary policy, fiscal and monetary policy combined which combined with supply side issues um, led to, to high inflation. And the Fed was a little bit too cautious in 2021, not wanting to, to, to take the air out of that balloon that was, that was, that was increasing. Uh, and they finally got, got serious in, in 2022. So that's kind of the, the, the story of that. Now, it's a little bit different from the financial crisis. The financial crisis was a demand-driven recession. Uh, from the housing market, which that, that, that bubble burst, and that led to a lot of firings, right? There was unemployment was immediately, I- increased immediately. And, and there, was no, there was no inflation. If anything, prices didn't rise very much. So that's the, those demand-side recessions, typically prices do not rise or even fall. Uh, the Great Depression had deflation, meaning that prices, things were cheaper and cheaper from year to year. Well, it didn't help because 25% of people did not have jobs, but things were cheaper. So they're, 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 that's the difference. This was a very unusual type of recession due to the pandemic, big expansionary packet, resulting inflation, and now we're trying to bring that inflation down without causing uh, a recession and unemployment. I'm glad I, I spoke to you because, again, it's like 
duh, the, the recession did happen <laughs> because it was in yeah. 2020. Yeah, short lived. Yeah, very short lived. Yeah, this is why you, yeah. you're you're the expert, and I talk yeah. to you. Can I ask you about the, the housing market? Because I think one of the traps that uh, people can fall into sometimes when they're trying to gauge where the strength of the economy is, um, and certainly if they're in, you know, the cycle of either selling or buying a house. There was a lot of predictions of what the, the Fed was doing with the interest rates for mortgages uh, that people were saying, well, the Fed is killing housing, uh, the housing market. Um, now that we're kind of backing off and, and maybe the, the probability of a recession is uh, decreasing, where does housing play into that? Because mortgage rates are still relatively high to where they were you know, uh, during the peak of the pandemic. I mean, it was basically at 0%. Now we're flirting at you know above seven percent. How does housing kind of play into this economy now? Yeah, so housing experienced an increase in prices of like forty percent in uh, around twenty twenty. So so houses were selling fast, interest rates were low, uh, and uh, combined with the desire of people of now having uh, a nicer place where you are, because now you can work from there. So it's worthwhile to invest in the house. That was, that was, you know, There's a lot of purchases from that point of view. Uh, when interest rates went up, that really decreased. A lot of the folks in housing said it yeah. just froze the market. Exactly. In, in the end, for, for families, is uh, what's my monthly payment? And can I fit that in my budget, right? Higher interest rates, your monthly payment is higher. And once you, once you make your calculations, maybe it's going to be a stretch to buy the house that you would like to buy. So, so that, that, that's the bottom line, what that monthly payment is. So with 7% interest rates compared to, let's say, 2 or 3% 3 interest rates, that's a huge dif makes a huge difference in terms of, of, of your monthly payment. So it seems to me somebody that's on the lower end of uh, you know, the, the economic ladder will have a tougher time, it seems like, because yeah. they don't have that, I don't want to say disposable income, but the necessary income to either move into a house. And even if they did move into that house, they're having trouble maintaining the, the monthly mortgages to pay the house note. And then you're factoring in utilities and everything else. Would you say that, you know, generally speaking, it's the first time home buyers that, that will be greatly affected by this housing market because we, who knows how long these mortgage rates are going to be at that point? Yeah, I, I think that I think that's right. First-time home buyers, um, they don't have equity. They don't have an existing house, which you know many people benefit from. If you have you have some equity in your house, you can you can sell that and use that as a uh, as a big down payment, which is going to reduce your monthly your monthly payment and buy a new house. So so yeah, they'll be they'll be affected quite a bit uh, by by the high interest rates. For sure. Probably hard for you to predict, but how long do you think these interest rates will stay where they are? I mean, if we're going into this, you know, relatively more peaceful time in talking about uh, recession, uh, should we expect mortgage rates and interest rates to stay at, you know, seven point whatever percent? Yes, because the Fed will continue to raise interest rates just by not as aggressively as before. So no more 0.75% increases. Uh, maybe we'll have, there's a February meeting, I think, that maybe we'll have a 0.25, a quarter of percent increase. But the Fed has to demonstrate they're still fighting inflation down from this 6.5 where it is. Uh, so, so those will continue. That means mortgage rates are, are, are staying high, at least for the rest of the year. 
um, I don't think there will be any rate decreases by the Fed by the end of the year. It will be too quick um, because this, these processes play over over many many months. Uh, so it will be uh, they'll stay high. So that's that's gonna that's gonna affect things. And and housing prices have declined about ten percent in the in, in the past year. So that's f- from having risen forty percent. So that's still that's still a decline. You you can check. Um, you know, if you go on Zillow, you can check the value of your home. It fluctuates. It's not set. So, so you, you'll you'll see. You can you can track it. What's happened? Uh, you know, over the last year, with respect to where it was about a year ago. In, in keeping in this theme of um, the relative reality, where are we in terms of comparison to what's happening in Europe? I mean, China is going through its its own um, COVID kind of crisis at this point with, you know, their lifting of, uh, restrictions and now they're having this outbreak of COVID. Where are we in terms of the the strength of our economy, even though some may see it as fairly weak here compared to what everybody else is going through? Because from what I hear, inflation is far greater in, in other parts of the world. Yeah. Well, Europe is in a recession. The UK is in a recession. Uh, mainly, that's caused by the uh, the Russia invasion of Ukraine, oil and gas prices in those countries. Uh, there, this seems that they're making it uh, without Russian gas for the winter, which m- most all of Europe buys uh, natural gas from Russia. It seems they're they're making it with the supplies they had. Uh, nevertheless, Europe is, is in a recession. Um, so is the UK. Uh, so that's that's those are you know there's a more unemployment than there is here. So if we want to compare, from that point of view, we're in, in a little bit better situation uh, than than Europe, uh, and still a lot of uncertainty because they don't know how this war is gonna end. The economy, like almost everything else in these polarized times, has political implications. Rioja says it'll be interesting to see who will be speaking up if this trend of shrinking inflation continues. As inflation declines. The voices for, okay, it's time to stop now, will grow louder and louder. And that comes from, from politicians and political parties. Uh, they, they, will, they will say, well, it's good enough, now not stop, okay? If we got, once, I'm interested in seeing what happens when we get to 4% inflation, uh, or you know, between 4 and 5, those voices will be very loud. Uh, the Fed, I think there was a statement maybe yesterday from uh, Jerome Powell, Fed chair, uh, saying something like the Fed should always be independent. We should always mind only price stability, which is what we are directed to do specifically by Congress, uh, that we should not respond to pol- the political uh, whims of the day. Let Congress do changes that they want, that they're responding to people, but the Fed should respond to keeping price stability and, and growth in the economy only. Uh, so, so it's interesting he has this now uh, because uh, it's gonna, there's going to be some calls if things continue to go well by reduction of inflation in a couple of months saying, okay, that's enough. I think we're good now. Uh, but you know, when, when the Fed may be considering still decreasing rates a little bit more. So that'll be interesting. Of course, we haven't even reached the end of January, so things can still change in 2023. But Rioja says compared to what was predicted just a few months ago, this new year is looking much more promising, economically at least. The, the probabilities of a recession have been reduced, and hopefully that's the case. I have graduating students, seniors now. I want them all to do well in, in the job market, so hopefully that's the case. And hopefully that's the case for the rest of us, too. In New Orleans, I'm Tan Trung for WWL Radio.